to Famous with Kate and Liz. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Or welcome for the first time, you know. Um, I am Kate from the East Coast. Yeah, and I'm Liz on the West Coast. And this is Famous, where we talk about, you know, people, places, things, scandals that always are attention-grabbing in some way or (laughs) other. (laughs) Literally just anything famous, like any... Any famous thing that's ever happened, we're interested in it. And um, we're going to Google it. We're going to give it a Goog. We love to Goog. We do. That's basically what this is. We just basically pick something to research, copy and paste the Wikipedia, and then (laughs) read it directly to you. (laughs) We we read Wikipedia for you. So you don't have to, okay? And then we just tell it back to you. Listen. It's better than Wikipedia because we add in like extra details from yes. other sources and our opinions. Yeah. <laughs> very oh, yes. So many, so many opinions. So many. It's kind of like a modern day book report um, for your ears. Yes. Oh my God. I love that modern day book report for your ears. Like we're getting I up in front that of the whole class which is you all, the listeners, and reporting what we learn, what we find fascinating about these stories. So we just came off a series called Famous Heists, all about robberies and, um, you know, that's about it. Robberies and <laughs> museum break-ins. Yep. Yeah, we did um, Famous Heists, wrapped that up in a neat little bow. And, um, yeah, yeah, I was a fan. I was a fan. Um, all different kinds of heists. And I'm watching that genius Picasso show and there's like references to art theft. And I know you were watching something where there was an art theft, like you kind of, now that you know, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so out there. And now they have that whole Netflix thing. Um, which yeah. we didn't know while we were rec- recording. So for the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, we we didn't get to see that whole docu-series. Yes, Netflix. that came out after we recorded, and it's called This is a Robbery. I'm halfway through it, and it's um, – have you finished it? I thought it was – I know it was really good. Um, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did finish it. So it was good. It was kind of a, sometimes a little hard to, like, keep track of who's who, but – it was good. Right. I, I, like, I learned a lot more about art. Oh, yeah. Just, so many know, more details. Mm-hmm. Talking, uh, talking like to actual people who had, you know, something. To, because doing the research, you didn't really hear any, any accounts from people who were mm-hmm. there or who were so far in it. Like, there was not that much to research. So yeah, I would imagine even... Even now, just a few weeks later, there's probably so much more available to look into for the case. But um, so we're moving on. We are starting our new series this week with famous secret societies. I Which, mean, is that like kind of an oxymoron? Because if it's a secret society, but also on a podcast called Famous, then yeah, they're, they're not, not well cast good a job of being secrets but yeah yes this is like the under 
like, I don't know how to describe a secret society, like the underworld of the elite, but like a party. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because it is like, you're saying like, it's not secret. Like we are talking about it on this podcast right now. Like it's obviously not secret, but, um, there are secret societies that breed all kinds of conspiracies and, um, I'm here for all of it. I love a good, like, Mason's conspiracy theory. Yeah, like the Da Vinci Code, like, all that. Yeah, yeah, so there's usually, like, some kind of membership involved. The details are kind of what's secret, you know, like, who are members and what are their privileges. That's kind of, like, the secret part about it, really. Um, and a lot of people say that they are responsible for some of like the biggest decisions in society and history. And, you know, it usually involves a lot of really powerful people. So that's why we wanted to like do our next series on them. Yep. So did, did we say what the series is? No, right? Uh, you said famous secret societies. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if I said yet what we were actually covering this week for our famous duet episodes. Right. No, we we have not said, yeah, we have not said which secret society we're doing. Okay. Okay. So, and you knew about this one. I didn't really know anything about it. And like I said, now after learning about it, I know I kind of hate it. And if it wasn't (laughs) located around like, a forest of beautiful redwoods I'd want to like burn it to the ground (laughs) (laughs) yeah we decided already that our reunion we haven't seen each other for like a few years at this point and our big reunion now is to me outside of this place like (laughs) on the picket lines for when (laughs) when this uh secret society is holding their annual meeting so we're going to meet at Bohemian Grove. We made a pact. That is the secret society we're going to talk about. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, I had heard of this before. And I was just like, what? Like, this is just happening? And, like, we're all just okay with it? I was, like, so flabbergasted that I had never heard of it. And it was just, like, such a blatant – it just seems yeah. – illegal okay I'll just say that but so um if you haven't heard of Bohemian Grove Liz is gonna fill us all in because um as much as I have heard about it I didn't go like searching on Wikipedia I just based what I know about it on like what I've already heard about it so I'm glad you're doing like a deep dive into the background of yeah what is Bohemian Grove So let's get into it. Um, We got our sources um, or our research from Wikipedia, LA Times, the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, and Vanity Fair. Uh, So yeah, Bohemian Grove is a restricted 2,700-acre campground located at 20601 Bohemian Avenue in Monte Rio, California. So if you ever want to meet us at the picket lines, that's where we'll be. (laughs) Yeah, address. (laughs) We will let you all know. Trust us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it is a private club, um, a private San Francisco-based gentleman's club. It's about two hours north of San Francisco, um, and it's home to a club called the Bohemian Club. So, like, Bohemian Grove is the area, and then 
Bohemian Club is the club within it. And every year in mid-July, um, it hosts a more than two-week encampment of some of the most prominent men in the world. Um, it's only men, all-male club, and it includes you know, famous artists and musicians, business leaders, government officials, former U.S. presidents, sometimes current U.S. presidents, um, like media executives, just like the most powerful people, like even above the 1%, I'd say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the Illuminati, if you will. Speaking of <laughs> yeah. speaking of secret societies. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so it's all male um members, but they can have guests and they guests can come either for a time called Spring Jinx, which is in June, or during the main um annual encampment in July. And members can like bring guests for like day pass events. So, you know, they can like come there when there's like other members. Sometimes they can rent out private areas, things like that. Um, and so they can bring their spouses, you know, female and their children, but all females and minor guests must be off the property by nine or 10 PM. <laughs> That's them when things get wild guys. <laughs> Oh my God. That's when the women don't want to be there anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that later, but so the tradition of this summer encampment started, um, in 1872 by one of the founding members, a stage actor named Henry, Henry Harry Edwards. Um, he was moving from California to New York to further his career so on June 29th, 1887, um, about 100 of the Bohemians gathered in the Redwoods in Marin County near Taylorville to have a send-off party for Edwards. And they just got drunk. They had some Japanese lanterns, apparently. Like, they camped out, slept on, like, um, Redwood needles and just, you know, had a grand old time. Um, wow. Doing what guys wow. Do. So yeah, sounds like a man camp. <laughs> yeah, total <laughs> sausage sure. fest. It was the original <laughs> sausage fest. And <laughs> sounds like it. That was in like 18, what did you say? 1878. 1870. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, and so they members had such a great time that they repeated the events the next year, even though Harry Edwards was already gone, and it just became this yearly tradition. Wow. Okay. So it was like a farewell frat party. Yeah. Camp basically. out. Camp out. And then they were like, let's do this every year. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So if you are a member for 40 years or more, you get this um, status called old guard status. Oh, God. And it gives you reserve seating um, at the Grove's Daily Talks, which I don't know. There wasn't much more information on that. So there must be just daily talks or I don't know yeah. that they provide. Um, and other, you know, obviously special things that come with an elevated status at the club. Um, <laughs> former U.S. President Herbert Hoover was an old guard and he was inducted on March 19th, 1953. And for yeah. his induction they flew Redwood Branches to the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, and they, like, decorated, like, a banquet room for him for this, like, celebration. 
And oh my god. Well, why didn't he just go there to celebrate it? I don't know. He's president, so <laughs> maybe he had to like be there. Yeah, know. okay. Maybe he had okay. a meeting at the United Nations or something. Got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know the logistics of this. Somebody somebody give me a copy of the itinerary yeah. of this whole thing because I need to know. You're like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just assume he's busy. <laughs> they made an exception for the president. Um, so yeah, he compared the honor of his old guard status to his uh, frequent role as a veteran counselor to later presidents. So he just like it was one of the things he really prided himself on. Um, just to show you what these old guards, you know, think once they reach that status. And the club has a motto, which is weaving spiders come not here. Um, And that implies that outside concerns and business deals like AKA networking should be left outside. Um, You know, when, which please like, (laughs) like that's happening. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And it does, it says the Bohemians usually adhere to this, but although the discussion of business often does like, occur between like a couple members here and there like usually when they're in groups they of won't talk course. about it. like of course that's gonna happen absolutely so like that's kind of like we'll talk about this in the legacy part but I was reading in my research um you know which got me thinking about this because people are like oh well women can just start their own private club right but it's like well mm-hmm. when this club has every person in power in it which is right. male white males usually right you know, like that doesn't we it still is leaving women out of like the conversation of like business deals and political deals and like relationships exactly exactly and we will like, get we will get into that later too yeah. that exact exact thing right because um, like like we don't want to be part of your stupid old man white old man club like yeah. We don't want to be there, but like also if you're actually making policies and stuff at this right. you know, man like, camp, we need to be part of you, it. This is Yeah. If who are you gonna do business with? Like if you, the person that you know at this exclusive club or some woman that you don't know, you know? Right. And like it just made me think of that saying, like, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And yes. like that's like exactly oh, what God, that was so this good. makes me think of, you know. So anyway, so yes, networking probably does happen. And there have been, you know, like you were saying, it's not a very secret club. So there have, have been some like references in pop culture to this. And um, you know, so people know a little bit about it because some of the members have said things. So there's this quote from former President Richard Nixon, and I just have to say, before saying it, I just want to read it, a direct quote from him about the Bohemian Club and his feelings about it, um, yeah. but it does have, from, like, a... <laughs> yeah, it's from Richard Nixon's <laughs> mouth, and we we do not condone this talk. It's, it's, it's a slur. Yeah. It's a slur word. It's not cool to say, and we don't say it anymore, so... Yeah. But so this is from a, Richard Nixon's mouth. It's a slur for like a member of the LGBTQ community. Yes. Uh, so yes. he says from a May 13th, 1971 recording that the Bohemian Grove, which I attend from time to time, 
is the most faggy goddamn thing you could ever imagine. <laughs> Which I laugh because it's like Richard Nixon, so like oh, it doesn't like shock me or surprise me. But when we get right. into some of this stuff, like you were you and I were talking earlier, this is very like homoerotic, like everything that goes on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, the all <laughs> listen. Back in the 1870s when this started, like, you could not just be like, I'm gay. And, you know, like, everyone's like, yay. (laughs) That didn't happen. And I know there's still, like, a ways to go even today. But still, it's like, um, you weren't going to have, like, a gay, like, man party back then. Yeah, exactly. it's not not surprising that there was some like homoerotic things rooted into how this started and just their obvious disdain for women. Uh-huh. It's just like, it's just a uh, like toxic masculinity, like it's a toxic masculinity yeah. party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's- so anyway, I'm all, okay. I'm getting all heated already. Right. Because I just want to like preface that. Like I can see the, why that perception, he has that perception. So yeah. um, I'll talk a little bit about the facilities there. Uh, the main encampment area is 165 or 160 acres of old growth redwoods. Um, some of which are over a thousand years old and over 300 feet tall. Um, oh my God. It's very secluded, like, you know, you can't really see it from the street. Um, the Redwoods, like, hide it really, really well. Um, Perfect and... place for a secret society to meet. Exactly. Exactly. So this part did not have a citation, so I just wanted to note that. But the main activity at the Grove is varied entertainment in which all members participate on a grand main stage and also a smaller, more intimate stage. Um and those are, like, the most common venues at the camp. Uh, they have, like, uh-huh. they're tricked out with, like, audiovisual gear. And we're going to get into some of the productions that they put on in a moment. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> so the sleeping quarters are just called camps, like, within the grove. Um, they're scattered around. There's 118 of them as of, 2000, as of 2007. Um, and... This is usually where some of these, like, high-level business and political contacts and friendships are made. Because, like we were saying, they don't usually do it in the big group. But when you're, like, maybe sharing a camp with a couple guys, that's where it's going to happen. Right, 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 right. Yep. Which makes sense. Um, And then this next part also needed a citation. But it says that each camp has a captain. And one of his many jobs is, like, the camp upkeep. Um, and so like the camp is located in Sonoma County and many contractors in that area are often hired to like perform a variety of tasks to like upkeep the camp. Um, and they try to make it simple and eco-friendly. Um, so I think just like these contractors have said like, yeah, I get hired by the captains to like go work there. And I would imagine that these camps are actually like huge log cabins that are like, all right. Gorgeous. It's like how the rich people call their summer house, like, oh, the cottage. You yeah. know, like, oh, oh, really? Your 18 bedroom 
mega mansion is a cottage. No, like. <laughs> yeah, I definitely not... don't think they're like sleeping on the redwood leaves on the ground anymore. Right. Like the very I, first one. Yeah, I think that was where it started. But then they were like, you know what? We're getting old. Let's get some. Thermopedic mattresses. We're getting older and richer. Let's yeah. make it luxurious. Exactly. <laughs> Let's cut down a bunch of these trees, make some nice log cabins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the staff at the Grove is called, or at the camp is called um, valets, and they are kind of like responsible for the operations of the individual camps. Um, the head valets are like general managers, like think at a resort or club you know, someone who's just concierge helping with you get what you need. Um, and then there is service staff that is female, um, but they're only allowed to work during daylight hours and in central areas close to the main gate. Um, yeah, the main- I saw a thing that there is a line, like they legit painted a line and oh, really? male oh workers. Yeah. Like, female workers could not pass that line at any point day or night like that was the line yeah yeah so I did listen to like a radio interview that had um a uh an interview with a young man that worked there he was 19 and he was talking about the female workers and he said that there have been like normally like it's not too much of a problem like they all kind of have the same duties but there has been like times where he stepped in because like a member was like oh I don't want to be served by a a woman I got came here to get away from women you know so he had to like take his order my god um and I think only until like well it was in 1970 or maybe 1978 sometime in the 70s is when they said that they did integrate the working um staff with females because before I think it was all male and then there was a lawsuit um so. Yes, and I'll get into that too. Oh, okay, perfect. About the lawsuit for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then male workers they can be housed um, at the Grove within the boundaries of the camp to which they are assigned, um, but they're in peripheral like service areas. And high status workers stay in small private quarters um, that are housed in like rustic bunk houses. It says. Um, okay. <laughs> So they're not living, they're living like how they used to live. They're yeah, living in the I, old encampment from the 1870s. Okay. Yeah. And like when we talk about things today, we'll talk a little bit about like the workers' rights situation there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you're not allowed to have electronics like a cell phone when you're there, either as a member or an employee. Oh. Um, so because it's private, it's very secret. Um, so if employees wow. are caught with cell phones, they're fired immediately. And if members are caught with one, um, they're suspended for one year. Oh, damn. Wow. Uh, Which is okay. not good for them. Not right. good for them. Yeah, they're missing out on so many, you know, opportunities, interactions. Um, yep. Going just for one year. All right. So let me talk about some of these productions, these performances <laughs> that they put on at the camp. <laughs> production it sounds like that so we'll get into a little bit of a conspiracy theory about this one this first production later but um it's called the cremation of care ceremony 
And it is a theatrical production in which some of the club's members participate as actors. Um, it was first conducted in 1881. Um, and it's like a ceremony, okay? Some people might say it's satanic. I don't know. <laughs> is this the one that they do? It's like the opening. Isn't this like the opening yes. ceremony or something? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. So it was originally set up with the plot of the serious hijinks dramatic performance on the first weekend of the summer encampment. Um, and in this performance, the spirit of care is slain by the like hijinks hero. Um, oh my God. Solemnly cremated. So there's like a cremation ceremony. Oh. And like with these symbolic things. And it's, serves as this like catharsis for pent-up high spirits um it says to present symbolically the salvation of the trees by the club in 1913 the cremation care ceremony was moved to the first night of the camp to become an exercising of the demon to ensure the success of the ensuing two weeks like what did i just mean i don't know i don't know because it just is words and doesn't make sense because none of this makes sense. They just need, they just need like an excuse to do like weird shit all together because they're like, yeah, we're like, like the most mega rich people. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's so weird. So this, it's like this, okay, the ceremony takes place in front of the owl shrine, which is this like moss covered statue that simulates natural rock formations yet inside it is like where all the audio and electrical equipment is for the production and okay for many years the voice of um the owl like in this owl shrine was uh club member walter cronkite um No, Walter Cronkite. No. A recording of his voice, and he like played the owl, I guess. Um, and like music and pyrotechnics like are used, and it's like this weird ritual, okay, that has a super dramatic effect. Like you said, it's at the beginning of camp to kind of it's so dramatic. It's so dramatic. (laughs) Oh God. Okay, and then the other one that they do is the Grove play. And it's performed one night during the final weekend of the encampment. And um, it is a large-scale musical theater production written and composed by club members. And it usually involves about 300 people, including, like, a chorus, cast, stage crew, and orchestra that, like, I believe the members all, like, partake in. Okay. And um, it was first performed in 1902. They put it on pause during the war years, during World War II. Um, Yeah, makes sense. And then, like, someone who saw it in 1975 estimated that the Grove play probably cost between $20,000 and $30,000 at that time. For a one-night thing. (laughs) Yeah, which would be $143,000 today. (laughs) Yeah, that is dramatic this whole thing it's so dramatic and that's just the grove play so i think the um the other one the cremation of care ceremony oh is God. like bigger than that right yeah. it's probably like a fourth of july fireworks display Mil- like multi-million dollar 
thing. That's how I imagine it. Long too. It just seems like a long time, like for these important people to be away. Yeah. And just (laughs) acting like kids, like yeah, like reckless teens. (laughs) Putting writing plays and putting on productions. Like what is this? It's just like it is like summer camp. Yeah. Yeah, like like this hijinks thing. Like, what like fifty year old man wants to like partake in hijinks? Like, I don't. It's right. just like a certain kind of I don't know. It's, just a white privileged man who has no care yeah. in the world from yes, old old money. This doesn't even seem, like, appealing to me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a woman. Whatever. Men, let us know. If this is what you need and this is what you want to do, go do, like, a man's weekend. That's cool. I have a nothing against that. But this is just, it's so exclusive. And, like, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of exclusivity, the last thing I'm going to talk about is security at um, the Grove. So it is protected by a sophisticated security team year-round, and the club itself employs ex-military personnel to help secure the area. Um, They use, like, you know, top-of-the-line security equipment, including thermal night vision cameras, motion detectors, vibration-sensing alarm systems, like... They've got Damn. it all right. Um, and the level of security is heightened during the time when members are on site. Um, and during these but times. They're the not hiding of- anything. They're not hiding anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then during the, these times, also, the local sheriff's office um, and the California Highway Patrol, if warranted by the guest list so like depending on the level of vips there they will be there to help out or the u.s secret service will be there to help out um, oh so my god which so our tax dollars our tax exactly. dollars exactly we'll, we'll get, get into it, it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get, get into, into it. it because yes this is a private club remember and our tax dollars are going to its security so our were yep. remember that Put put a pin in that, and we'll circle back. We'll circle back. So despite this high level of security, there have been some high-profile infiltrations of Bohemian Grove. So I'll just mention a couple of those, um, because they've helped kind of give us a glimpse inside. Uh, Okay, in the summer of 1980, Rick Clauher um, gained entrance to the Grove with the help of an employee and posed as a worker during two weekends during the annual encampment. Um, his time there was first reported on, was the first magazine reporting from inside the Grove and was published in, uh, the August 1981 issue of Mother Jones. And that's around that same time, ABC Evening News also aired like a special report on Bohemian Grove. So people were starting to learn a little bit more about it. Right. Um, Because it wasn't the days of the internet. Right. Exactly. We had to wait. Yeah. He we had to wait almost a whole year for his article to come out from the time he was there, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. So then in the summer of 1989, spy magazine writer, Philip Weiss spent seven days in the camp posing as a guest. Um, and yeah. he wrote an article um, that was published in 1989 called inside the Bohemian Grove. Um, he was eventually discovered and was arrested for trespassing. 
Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. And then on July 15th, 2000, conspiracy theorist and like pretty much all around human garbage, Alex Jones <laughs> and his cameraman, Mike Hansen, clandestinely entered Bohemian Grove and shot footage of the cremation of care ceremony. And okay, yeah, I think I heard about this one. Yeah, the Alex yeah, Jones of it, it all. A lot. Mm-hmm. It came up a lot in the articles. So, um, Alex Jones claimed it was a ritual sacrifice. Um, and then his footage was used by documentary filmmaker John Ronson um, and produced an episode called The Satanic Shadowy Elite? Question yeah. <laughs> mark. Um, in which, he- and it's mostly, it's mostly like conservative republican it like is that's that's like what so too, right? I mean, I think are. It is. yeah i think nowadays it is but it also started with more like artists and musicians like right true which is weird you know yeah 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 would it, it like totally flipped it's like how the democratic party you know right like, exactly yeah yeah okay so um um so yeah anyways so like this episode, this documentary, short documentary, kind of characterized the cremation of care um, ceremony as an overgrown frat party. Um, Yep. Yep, accurate. Sounds accurate. And Alex Jones produced Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove, which was like another documentary describing what he thought were satanic rituals. Like Interesting. So, I mean, he's all about, you know, just clickbait but um take that for what you will yeah well that's what that's what like um this one I don't even know it was like a comment on an article I was reading Mm. um was like from somebody oh my my cousins were the quote-unquote security and valets like in high school they were high school students and their summer job was to be like the quote security there so like it's not that secret of a place like it's not that hard to get into if you wanted to so like there's an argument of like people who have like know somebody who knows somebody or whatever like who worked there oh it's not what they say it is like whatever and then you have the whole other side like there is satanic rituals happening here. Like, you know, I think it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Ex- well, exactly. Like everything is, you know, it's like right. that third. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think in, yeah, in a way it's a frat party, but in another yeah. way it's, there's not good things going down. Like there are deals and secretive shit yeah that you're not letting everybody know about so yeah anyway and then just the last one i'll read really quickly is um on january 19th 2002 37 year old richard mccaslin was arrested after his nighttime infiltration of bohemian grove where he set several fires he was also heavily armed and wearing a skull mask (gasps) and an outfit that said phantom patriot written across the chest um, oh my but, God. but no Bohemian club members or guests were actually present at the Grove at that time. So oh like, my was really God. in danger, but yeah, that one's kind of It like was obviously the shaman from the uh, <laughs> yes. DC 
from the, the insurrection. Yeah, exactly. The ins- <laughs> on his off time. That was time. his dad. That was this kid's dad. <laughs> he walked so the shaman could run. <laughs> Richard McCaslin walked so the shaman could run. The QAnon shaman. Seriously. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. So like, all the conspiracies, you know, so that's the little that we know are kind of from these break-ins, but, um, like, I'm excited for this next part because, like we've said, it's been very secret, but there's definitely some crazy scandals that go down there, as with anything that's secret, you know, why is it a big secret if there's not something wrong happening there? Exactly, exactly. Okay, so I'm going to be doing scandals, and this is just kind of like, the more shady side, if you will. <laughs> the more shady side of the forest. Um, yes. So there, okay, so basically one of the biggest, I guess, lawsuits they have is about their forest management. So like you were saying. I saw something about that, like logging. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really yep. get into it because I and knew it's in, it. in the Redwood Forest, so these massive ancient trees who, I mean, if you've seen them in real life, which I have, it is, it's like the Grand Canyon, you know, you can see pictures of it, but until you see it in real life, like until you are standing next to one of these trees, like you don't understand it. You don't understand it. So, um, so anyway, there's um, lawsuits about, you know, surrounding the trees and the logging. Um, I guess they're not even that desired to use for, like, wood because I'm sure they're, like, protected. So probably most places can't make things with this wood. You'd have to, like, buy it on the black market or something, you know? Right. So, um, um Okay, this is from a Vanity Fair article called um, Bohemian Grove and, oh no, Bohemian Tragedy, <laughs> oh my god, um, by Alex Shumatoff, and he is actually, so you were talking about, like, security there, he was actually arrested. Oh, okay. This art, like, getting research for this article that okay. he covered. So he heard from his college classmate um, and fourth generation Bohemian Grove member um, about, you know, like he knew, oh, my old college classmate, Alex Shumatoff, he's a reporter for Vanity Fair. And Vanity Fair has really good articles, people, okay? Oh, yeah. Like, there's some amazing journalistic things coming out of Vanity Fair. So um, don't sleep on Vanity Fair, people. Um, But so this guy was like, oh, I'm going to contact my old pal from Harvard, Alex Shumatoff, let him know that Bohemian Grove is doing some, like, illegal logging on their land, basically. Um, So this guy was, like I said, for... They need it for their stage sets. Kate, (laughs) they need it for their freaking stage sets, okay? They need it for the productions. How many times do I have to tell you? (laughs) Production, production, production. (laughs) 
Oh, God. Um, okay, so apparently, according to this guy, um, this fourth-generation Bohemian Grove member, God, you think I would, like, leave, put his name in somewhere? I didn't, but I know that he <laughs> he called him Jock, but that's okay. not his name, and maybe somewhere else I have it copied and pasted. But um, So he, he claimed that hiking trails had been turned into logging roads, footbridges had been bulldozed and not repaired, and there was massive erosion in some places, um, some of it washing down into Russian River, um, which once hosted the most abundant spawning runs for this fish, specific fish, and king salmon. Uh, okay. So, like... These were, should have been protected areas and because, so, so I think this guy, uh, you know, fourth generation, he's obviously going to become a member, but maybe he's like that black sheep of the rich family who's like into the environment because he was like, I loved hiking there. Like that was my thing. Mm -hmm. And you have to think a lot of these older white guys, they don't care. They're not going there to like actually go out into the woods and like be one with nature like they're going to hobnob with the you know the other guy so I think this guy was like you know what there's shady shit happening with the logging come check this out so um the logging had been done on the basis of renewable three-year timber harvesting plan like there's like this whole plan so there's like a three-year renewable forest then there's like all this protection for the old growth forests I don't know it's I'm sure it's like a big thing around there trying to protect these amazing forests but um so the grove was applying for a non-industrial timber management plan and a permanent um permit that would allow to yield like double that amount so I think people who actually were like, oh, um, global warming is actually real. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was a summer camp. Why do you need a timber permit? <laughs> like- yeah, yeah, right, right. So, so they're kind of saying, oh, we're not like doing anything bad to the forest. But then you're trying to apply for a permit to get double the amount of wood that you're already cutting down from these ancient forests um so it says in this article cutting old growth redwoods on your property is not illegal but if the stand is 20 acres or more there are very strict guidelines so like if it's your own yard you have like a 10 acre plot you know nice wood cabin like wood surrounding okay go ahead and cut down the redwoods whatever you want um, but this place was, I know you said it at the beginning, like thousands of acres. Yeah. Like 2,700 acres. I yeah. Think. Yeah. So they're, they are <laughs> under strict guidelines. Yeah. So, um, in 2004, this guy, <laughs> I can't believe it. they call him jock. Okay? okay. I know that's not jock. like his full name, but, um, he came to the conclusion that, um, as he told his friend, his old college chum, Alex, um, club leadership had no particular interest in protecting this gorgeous property. Um, he actually ended up resigning from the club to fight for the trees. So he, he is literally, the Lorax. Yes, yes. He speaks for the trees at Bohemian Grove. The Grill. unexpected ally. 
the unexpected ally. Amber, I hope you're listening and you get that. Um, it's a reference to another podcast. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, um, yeah. Yeah. They're doing shady shit with the trees. And this guy was like, I'm out. I mean, if you're a fourth generation anything, like, you have so much money, you can just quit and do whatever. (laughs) If you're the Prince Harry of your family, don't worry. Like you could just take it all down, just burn it to the ground. It's it's your turn. (laughs) Yes, yes, it's your turn. Um. So he ended up found like founding a new club called the Bohemian Redwood Rescue Club. And um, I guess there's, there might be more now, but there was eight activists and like local residents. So they're definitely picketing outside of Bohemian Grove. So we'll probably see them on our big reunion. Let's our go find a job. Um, I like so, him. Yeah. So I guess like, They've tried to take it further into court, I know, but, like, it's everything's been shut down, so that's good. But he had to, like, leave the club because of this, and he he fought for it, so good for him. He's one of the good ones. <laughs> He's one of the few good ones at that place. So then another kind of scandalous secret uh is like, what's the deal with women? What is the deal with women at Bohemian Grove? So although no woman has ever been given full membership in the Bohemian Club, the four female honorary members were hostess Margaret Bowman, poet Ina Coolberth. Um, she was like the librarian for the club. Uh, actress Elizabeth Crocker Bowers and writer Sarah Jane Lippincott. So this was like 19, like early 1900s. Um, and then once um, Coolberth died, Ina, po- poet Ina Coolberth, she died in 1928. No other member since then has been like a woman. There's no other honorary members, like female, nothing. So okay. that was it. They were like, once this lady died, they were like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no more, no more honorary members. Um, so the honorary members and other female guests have been allowed into the Bohemian, like you were saying, so they can go to the city club, which is in San Francisco. Like that's the, it's kind of like, you know, a private bar or something I would imagine. Um, so they're allowed into that city club building as daytime guests. Um, but they can't go to the upper floors and guests. Oh. And they have to use a back door. And- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so like, they're like, okay, yeah, you can come during the day, leave by whatever you said, like nine o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then otherwise we don't want anything to do with you. So pretty shady, you know, uh, shady things happening for women. So Basically, clearly, discrimination lawsuits are coming on for this because women are starting to be like, wait, I'm in the same 
circle as these high powerful men like I'm a CEO of a yeah. like major company or I and I pay taxes that are yeah. <laughs> yes 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 exactly exactly um so basically in 1978 the Bohemian Club was charged with discrimination by the California Department of Fair um, Employment and Housing over its refusal to hire women employees like that's the whole thing that you said mm-hmm. right up up yeah. above so in uh, 1984. So that's like, you know, a few years later. So they're like, okay, women should be able to be hired, blah, 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 <laughs> yada, 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 equal rights. Um, the Bohemian Club in 1984 went to uh, the Supreme Court of California over the issue, arguing that their freedom of association was being harmed. And the court found against the club and denied a review in 1987 forcing the club to begin hiring female workers during the summer encampment at the Grove in Monte Rio. Um, The ruling became quoted as a legal precedent and was discussed during the 1995-1996 floor debate surrounding California Senate bill, blah, 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 a proposed bill (laughs) concerning whether tax-exempt organizations, including frat clubs, um, should be exempt from the Civil Rights Act whatever like they yeah basically there was another quote that was like um the the guys at the bohemian club did not think it was right for women to work there because they peed everywhere and they would yes, have to I stop that they would yeah. have to stop peeing everywhere like peeing out still, in nature like they get, yeah they have to pee they're drinking all day apparently right, like there's just like pee always alcohol being served like 24 mm-hmm. seven. So they're just like walking through the woods, have to pee, pee walking from like their camp to the stage, have to pee. Like they did not want to have to pee in a restroom. So that yeah. is why men love peeing in the outdoors. Am I right? Am yeah, I right? Yeah. Men just love peeing but outside. Also, also I have a husband and I have a son. If some dude's peeing in the woods, I'm not even going to turn my hat. Like, Um, just a guy peeing in the woods like to me it's just like that's what guys do right you know so there you're saying that's why you can't let women work there because you want to be able to pee you wherever you want like I don't even know why women would want to work there but like I do think that exactly what you said if it's like you know going to be receiving public funds in some way or protection or whatever it has to be open to everybody then Yes. Yeah. 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 And if major actual things are deals and stuff are going down, like you need to have the female leaders there too, you know, like they should be able to network just as much as you are. Right. Like if we're going to go on that, you know, extreme. Yeah. Um, but, and then another scandalous thing that happened there here. And I think this is like, one of the biggest um, kind of story, like, oh yeah, Bohemian Grove, w- wasn't the atomic bomb like deal made there? Like people actually know about this. Um, and it's, I watched that Genius Einstein show and um, it's actually a, a like misconception, a famous misconception that Einstein went to this Bohemian Grove 
Ah, okay. Like the year that the atomic bomb um, and the, the Manhattan Project basically took place at Bohemian Grove. Um, there so was that's a, a misconception that, that happened there. Or that Einstein well, it's a misconception there. that Einstein was there. Oh, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, because a lot of people think he was involved in the Manhattan Project. And, like, he, mm-hmm. you know, but I guess, um, so the Grove, um, you know, is famous for the Manhattan Project planning meeting that took place there in September 1942, which subsequently led to the atomic bomb and I just have to say that this section is titled atomicbomb.com because when I typed bomb, it auto-corrected to bomb.com. No. <laughs> that is why I left it in. Oh, my God. Yes. I, just, I thought that was just clever of you. <laughs> nope. I, I died laughing when it auto-corrected to bomb.com when I typed oh, the word bomb. Like, amazing. It just adds .com automatically. Um, so anywho, okay, so apparently those attending the meeting included er- Ernest Lawrence, J. Robert Oppenheimer, the S1 executive committee heads, such as the presidents of Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, along with representatives of Standard Oil and General Electric, as well as various military officials. So you have like the the government basically. yeah it definitely was discussed in some capacity if you're on this like groundbreaking technology that's going to win the war you know um yeah okay yeah, yeah. so grove members take pride in this event and often relate the story um to like the new members like oh yes this this is where things happen the atomic bomb was like you know discussed. But we don't do any networking yeah exactly exactly right right don't do your work here they try to make it like oh there's stupid tagline about spiders or whatever (laughs) yeah like shut up shut (laughs) up so stupid um i just love that they're like we don't do that but like we brag about this huge (laughs) thing that was done there (laughs) they're so stupid it's just like oh so stupid but those were like the main kind of scandal I mean there's I know that there's been sexual assault charges and I seriously searched like I heard it on this podcast um this woman wrote a book and she claims of like sex slaves and oh my god sexual assault oh yeah like it's it's pretty crazy do you remember Um, what podcast it was I think it was, and that's why we drink. So, like, okay. just go back a couple of weeks, and um, M talks about Bohemian Grove. But um, so she apparently, though, like, I don't know if she was in like a mental institution or there was something where people did not take her claims seriously at all. But she has like really specific. I don't know. I mean, it's not widely accepted that like her story is a hundred percent accurate. So it's not widely reported, which is why right. I couldn't okay. anything about it. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, are, I did see something about a 
like a legal case though, but it was like, I was, um, it was very legalese, like the document, you know, it was kind of hard to understand or to break it down for a podcast, but there was something about the sexual harassment case. I don't know if it's the same one. And Um, I would imagine the government is shutting that shit down. Oh yeah. They're not letting her talk and, and, or making her seem like she should not be trusted, you know? So you just don't know really who who to believe um but just so everybody's aware there of course is sexual assault claims from this place but they are few and far between and hard to look at so and who knows how much you were saying like have been covered up Mm -hmm. yeah so um so anyway but so I couldn't get that much about um that kind of information so but those are the main the main kind of scandals and I think now we're moving into legacy like where are we now where yeah, are we like now Bohemian Grove it seems like this seems like such an old-fashioned thing that you wouldn't even think it exists today but it does <laughs> yep oh it does um, it does because rich white men exist today so they love to you know just get together and put on performances <laughs> They need space. Yeah. So we'll just talk about a couple like um, lawsuits slash, you know, government decisions that have come out um, recently, just to give you an update on where things stand with the club today um, or in recent years. So one um, is a workers' rights lawsuit um, in 19 or 19 in 2016 <laughs> like just a few years ago 1900 <laughs> yeah yeah we're still in the 80s right right it's 1995 right now oh geez okay in 2016 the club was ordered to pay seven million dollars to settle a class action lawsuit from the seasonal workers um like you said there's a lot of you know um summertime part-time jobs that occur there usually young people you know who are home from school during that time um so they paid seven million dollars and the workers had been alleging unfair labor practices the terms of of course of course you think these guys aren't trying to get away with like paying nothing for these kids like they're probably like oh they should be happy to be working for us like (laughs) You know, yeah, just the think members, about their attitude. The members like invented unfair labor practices. Okay. Like that's yeah. how they're millionaires. <laughs> yes. They are the fathers of unfair labor practices. Um, that's yeah. like how they got their money. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> the terms of the agreement, um, which involves 664 current and former uh, valets. Remember, we talked about the valets were sort of like the um, operations managers, concierges yeah. um, they, of the different camps. Um, so Sounds they were like they just did everything. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and there was a bunch of them. And they in this lawsuit, the ones that were employed from May 2011 to December 2014, um, received approval from the Sonoma County Superior Court judge, um, you know, to have some of the money from the lawsuit, I'm assuming. Oh, and, okay. And it says that the valets, which we already talked about, they serve as cooks, bartenders, assistants um, to the about 115 separate camps. I think earlier I said 118 um, during the two weeks that the members are there in July. And the 
the reason for the lawsuit was they were misclassified as independent contractors and did not receive overtime or meal and rest breaks. Um, Damn. So they were just like, oh, let's put down as independent contractors. They probably. So basically, they worked at Amazon. Yeah. I mean, like, they probably had them work like 39.5 hours or something like that, you know, so they didn't yep. have like a 40 or, you know, all those yep. shady things that they do so they don't have to give them benefits. Yep. Um, no pee so- breaks, just pee in the woods, just pee yeah, right in the woods. Exactly. No pee breaks. Um, no meal breaks, you know, um, so they, and I will say California is pretty strict on labor laws in general, almost like sometimes where people, if they want to work more are kind of like, you know, prohibited because they don't want to be, you know, taken advantage of. So, so yeah, the people involved in this lawsuit, the 664 each received $8,100 in the settlement. Um, oh, which is like better than nothing, but yeah, yeah. Sucks. But it sucks. also says that not included in the settlement are hundreds of high school and college employees <laughs> who work each year in the Grove's main welcome area and dining rooms, and they also like park cars. Um, so yes. they weren't included in that. Um, and I believe like okay. the spokesperson for the club said that like they're not admitting wrongdoing or guilt he said that they just settled so they could avoid trial costs which oh yep trying to save some money they're like just whatever is going to cost the least amount of money let's do that i mean yeah exactly i guess trial would cost more than seven million dollars so that was probably a deal for them then yep yep they don't even care about the reputation because it's already in the gutter as it is yeah oh and they just want anything to just get it out of the news right and get it yes yeah wrap it up you know mm-hmm. um so then that's you know the first kind of recent case I found and then I know you have one that's about um women and an update on that yes yeah, so this is a from 2019 Um, So it says, in 2019, the club faced scrutiny for excluding women after female county supervisors questioned whether they should continue allowing sheriff's deputies to provide security for the event. So this is kind of tying in, like, the women aspect and the security aspect. Um, So Sonoma County Supervisor Shirley Zane uh, scribbled a note, then read it out loud. She said, how can we contract tax-funded I said taxed, tax funded <laughs> services with a club that openly discriminates against women. So yes, like Shirley. you were saying, yes. the yes. security is, you know, these secret service, that's tax dollars. You're providing security services at the club um, and you're openly discriminating against women like I am not going to stand for this. So after 11 years on the board and in the third year of its female majority, um, Zane was finally inspired to speak up, uh, though she said she had long questioned the exclusivity of the Bohemian Grove campouts that have um, been held at the private Sonoma County site for nearly all of the club's 147-year history. So um, she's like, finally, the time has Mm -hmm. come. I shall speak out. So she said, women's rights are being shredded throughout the country and we are kept out of decision making. This is another way it's happening in our own backyard. So um, this is why we need to vote. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. Vote for the best person. Like, I'm not saying only vote for women. Like, vote for the best person. If the female candidate is the best person, amazing. If the male is, great. Like, let's just well, and we just need the more females to run too. You know. Oh yes, oh, yes, absolutely. Pa- yes, yes. Like all the good people, just run, please. Like I just get well, into politics. The, the other board member, um, I when I was reading this part too, who is actually like the board member for the locate like the area where the grove is located she's like it's always been super weird to be in charge of this district because there's like a whole part that I can't even go to you know and I'm like supposed to represent this district yes yes because all other um every other person who had been in her position Mm -hmm. had been a member at the club or at least invited to you know meetings or talks or whatever they do there and she's like oh I can't even go there like what the fuck (laughs) this is not right um so in 2019 the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors informed the club that um 2019 would be the last year they provided law enforcement security the contract for about $151,000 includes having the sheriff staff the entrance with two to six deputies to deal with protesters, us, or trespassers, <laughs> and respond if needed to emergencies. So without a country, uh, a county security contract, the Bohemian Club could pay a less expensive private company for the service, and the county would be obligated to provide emergency services <clears throat> if needed. Excuse me. Right. So. Um, Hire your own, no. like, private security, like, yeah. save our tax dollars. And then, like, if there's an emergency, yeah, sure, we'll come help. Yeah, know. call 911. Like, yeah. like we do with, you know, every other building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That just seems like, yeah, they should be there for anybody, yes. But, um, so this seems, I guess, like a win-win for everybody, but not really because it's still, they're still able to... You know, discriminate. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the one thing that, you know, the county can kind of do is like take that away. They can't shut down a private club, you know, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting to see what will happen now, especially, you know, a lot of stuff I was reading was mentioning um, the Me Too era and what that, you know, kind of means for these types of clubs and, you know, how yeah. they might look a little different in the future, but maybe not. I don't know, like, they're so private, so exclusive, so secret that, like, it's hard to make a lot of change there. Well, and I know, like, um, like I was saying at the top, the Masons are always, like, super interesting to learn about, Mm -hmm. you know, like, the secrets. Um, But they're letting women join. Okay, yeah. I mean, not every secret society is it all male. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. Beyonce's in that, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely at least Beyonce. Um, but yeah, so the Masons are like at a certain point. I think they were like getting so old, and they're saying this right. about the um, Bohemian Grove. You know, um, the most of the members are so old now, and like the younger generation, like this jock guy, they're just like, no, save the trees. Like, I don't want to be involved with this. Just a bunch of old dudes, like just yeah. trying to do whatever their best interest is. Like, I don't want to be involved in it. Um, so it's kind of dying out. So maybe they will start having women come 
just so then they'll be like, okay, a flood of women, and it will kind of keep it going. Yeah, keep up membership dues at a certain whatever point, they need. Yeah, exactly. At a certain alive. point, they're just going to do whatever makes them money, so. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> so that I didn't know anything about Bohemian Grove. That was such an education and fascinating to research. Like I said, it really didn't make me like it much, but um, <laughs> I'm excited to... Yeah keep up with this series and expose some more secret societies coming up. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find us and send us yes. ideas, questions, comments, yes. concerns? <laughs> yeah. Send it all to Instagram famous uh, at famous Kate and Liz Kate with a C um, just DM us there. Or like, if you really need to email us, you can email us at famouskateandliz at gmail.com, Kate with a C. Um, let us know what your favorite secret society is. Yeah, you belong to one, tell us. My favorite secret society is Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. The Midnight Society. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should totally do that for our next episode. <laughs> oh, I could talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or, like, any of those, like, Pete and Snick. Pete. Yeah. Snick. Any of the Snick shows. Oh, my God. Snick. Saturday night on Nick. Yep. Snick. If you know, you know. All oh. right, people. We will yes. catch you next week. <laughs> Bye. Oh, Bye. <laughs>